0: From the Ellen Media Worldwide Headquarters Studios, high on top two Turtle Creek, this is Deconstructing Dallas. Greetings, everyone. This is your host, Ryan Trimble. Joined again today, as always, by the Hamilton-loving Sean Williams. Sean, good day, sir.
1: Good day. I am not throwing away my shot, just in case you were wondering. <laughs> I want to start and lead off with yeah. that. I think we'll talk a little bit later about um, Hamilton. We went to go see the show last night at the Music Hall of Fair Park. Obviously an awesome show. I know 99% of the words to all the songs. Me and Ramel Mitchell, Mitchell one of our clients, who is also a big fan, who also knows so all many the of these songs. And so song. many lyrics. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, I know I was at the show last night but you were watching the other big show in town you had an opportunity to watch on your TV uh, yes <laughs> to watch Dirk's retirement his last game and them letting the cat out of the bag on the retirement and all the festivities that ensued Yeah it's a, it's a big big
0: day big night last night in Dallas at the American Airlines Center the great the greatest Maverick Dirk Nowitzki is uh, has played his last game in the building. He will be retiring I guess after tonight's game in San Antonio. After the San Antonio
1: game. It? Yeah, this was the worst kept secret in the NBA, I think. He never would say that this was it, but I think everybody knew. And, and the Mavericks would last have been, night, yeah, know? he said it last night and the Mavericks would not have been marketing if they hadn't had an idea, I think the way that their 41-21-1 marketing campaign had gone. But it was a really cool night. I got to see a lot of the highlights that came back in obviously Jamal Crawford tried to throw a monkey wrench into the whole situation
0: yeah Dirk goes for 30 but Jamal Crawford who's been in the league 19 years goes for 51. He was unconscious there for a little while in the in the third and fourth quarters. And, and
1: became the oldest player to ever score 50 points in an right. NBA game.
0: That's right. The the career leader in four-point plays goes for 51. And it's funny, Sean. My My oldest friend in the world, Cody Toppert, uh, he is actually a coach on the Suns bench, an assistant coach. And uh, I got to grab coffee with him yesterday. And uh, he was... He was telling the young lady at the counter, Yeah, we're going to ruin Dirk's night tonight. We're really going to try. And usually, people, when they say that, when they're coaching a team like the Suns, who have not had a great year, you know, they may be saying that in jest not my friend. He and Jamal Crawford were clearly out to ruin Dirk's night last night and, and steal his thunder and actually steal the
1: game from him. I think it made it better to have a competitive game. It'll make it more memorable. You know, you don't want to go see a game of horse uh, or 21 going on. Uh, you know, Kobe, I believe in his last game, he scored 60 and just yeah. was launching shots like from an every angle. Like an yeah. <laughs> um, But it was good. Dirk got a dunk out of the game last night. Five threes? Had hit five threes. I think it it was, it was a memorable night. It was good seeing Dirk get choked up, and it was great seeing his heroes come back to honor him. That was really cool. Man, that was a
0: really cool part. After the game, they have the ceremony, and uh, they have a montage of Dirk talking about his basketball on the court heroes who include Charles Barkley, Larry Bird, Sean Kemp, Scottie Pippen, and, of course, Detlef Shrimp.
1: Yeah, and you know, Dirk is a little bit younger. He's kind of in between the two of us as yeah. far as age goes. And so, you know, a lot of those guys were guys I also enjoyed watching play. I remember yeah, when too. the Mavericks brought Dedler Shrimp into um, the league, and it was such an anomaly. To have a German-born player come in and play the kind of game he played, which really laid the groundwork for a Dirk Nowitzki to come in and and light the league on fire. And, you know, Sean Kemp back in the day, man, the dunks that That he did was crazy.
0: Raw power for sure. But, yeah, Sean, I mean, Dirk... You know that there will literally never be another one like him, and they were saying on the broadcast last night. You know, Mark followell the great Mark followell was saying, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of great Lakers. There's you know, obviously a lot of great Chicago Bulls. There's a lot of teams, even the Spurs. You know, Tim Duncan, all that he's done. There are a lot of Spurs that that predate him that were great, but man, in Dallas. It's Dirk. He's played in nearly 50% of the team's games over 21 years. And so, to, to change the game, to be a seven-footer like that, to be able to hit shots, a European-born player, I mean, nobody's ever done it like him. He's taken the game
1: globally, and it's all from right here in Dallas, right down the street. You know, I was thinking that Dirk and I got to Dallas right about the same time. You know, my first year in Dallas was 97, um, coming out of college. And I remember us being a, a group of guys. We worked at IBM, and there were a lot of Michigan transplants at the IBM uh-huh. call center back in 1997. And so there was this huge debate on because the Mavericks drafted it was a, it was a trade, I believe. Uh, I know yes. the Mavericks ended tractor up with trailer. Yeah, tractor the trailer, late,
0: great tractor um, trailer from
1: Michigan. That's right, and 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 Dirk, and it was kind of like. man. It would have been nice to have had Chapter Trail. I mean, <laughs> get you a couple boards, some tough yeah. inside rebounding. I mean, I don't know about this German guy. Little did you know. And it it, it took it took the second season. I believe he, he he averaged about seventeen points his second season. And then you could see it. The first season, it was hard to see. And it wasn't you didn't have any comps. You know, yeah. there, you know, all you had was a deadlift shrimp. But you could not see someone like Dirk coming yeah. in changing the game. But you also had never seen a 7-footer who could shoot who could like shoot. that. And he could dribble. He could move. And so it did not take long for Dirk to win fans over. And then once he, you know, got together with Michael Finley, Steve Nash, that totally – because, again, you cannot imagine. As, as, as tough as it's been basketball-wise over the last few oh, yeah. years, it was – Terrible. Basketball here was terrible before those guys yeah. got here going.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, I, I found myself getting a little emotional too last night. I mean, man, every, me moving to Dallas in, in 2001, the fall of 2001, it, you know, he was a little before that. But even that year before I was moving here, I remember them being in the playoffs and watching them play and, you know, lighting up the scoreboard and playing that fun and gun, and it was it was crazy. And so I remember that. I remember cheering in 06 and just what a fun ride that was until the. the Rushing defeat and going to my first NBA Finals to see Shaq play in the Finals against them, and and then you know the 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 comeback when when they come back in 2011 and actually defeat Miami. Yeah, 2006. Which is still amazing. Yeah, to me.
1: 2006. I, I'll never forget because it just it's it's go, going from the highest of highs to when they were up in the third quarter about to take a 3-0 lead in that series to then losing that series four games to two, mm-hmm. and it, it's like in basketball, really in in any sport, like. If you have the opportunity, you need to seize it. You never know if you'll have a chance to go back. And I, I didn't yeah. never didn't think that after 07, it didn't really seem like the Mavericks would go back. But to get them back in the championship in 2011. And I, I heard some folks talking about Dirk on Sports Talk yesterday. And I think Dirk would be the first person to say he had... A collection of really great players sure. with him, like Jet Terry. The like jet. there's just there's not enough like Jet talk because those were the guys. I yeah. mean, Dirk was the lead was the lead player, but then Jason was kind of Terry was kind of the attitude of the team. Got Back the Larry O'Brien tattooed Larry O'Brien on the before, bicep before the season. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I mean, I think you know he played with a lot of great guys to help bring that championship. But he on the court in that. 2011 series especially in the finals through the whole playoffs Mm -hmm. but especially in the finals Because Peja had a great series against the Lakers. I mean, you know, there were – but in the finals, it was Dirk. He led the way. He took the ball to the basket. He shot threes, and he's the reason why we have a basketball championship here. Yeah,
0: he he was amazing. Six all-time leading scorer in the NBA. Uh, Lots of great memories. Uh, And, you know, off the court, all his work that that, uh, you can can go back and read some of the stories about his work at the Children's Hospital here in town and um, through his charities and his charitable work. I mean, the guy is truly one of the most amazing figures to come through this
1: city. And so thank you, Dirk, for the memories. And kudos to Dirk. And Dirk, I I will, on behalf of Deconstructing Dallas, offer you this platform. If you would like to come on and talk any any more about your retirement, your career, uh, we will save a seat for you at any point in time. Uh, Just send us a tweet um, or however you want to do that. You can have your folks call our folks, whatever. It's fine. Uh, I want to make sure that we let everybody know that we've got a really special guest today because he's a friend of both of ours, another SMU alum, which is becoming a regular thing on our show. But we've got Matt Houston with us today. He's the principal of MLH Enterprises. He's a lecturer at UNT Dallas. He's the interim uh, president of the Dallas Black Chamber. He's the guy who does it all. He does. I got to know Matt. I remember when he w- was uh, first got to SMU
0: and uh, he was selected as a member of the Mustang 11, one of the most 11 spirited most spirited students in his class, Sean. I think I got that right, but Loopy. Yes, very spirited. Hail Hail to the that. red and the blue, Sean. I'm so excited about so, that. So uh, exciting times to hear to hear Matt come on the show. He's he's a good man and uh, glad he got some some time here in the booth
1: yeah and, and this is one that i did solo so you'll you'll be hearing just yes. about with everybody apologies else. to everybody uh, for you were working we had, we had some
0: yeah. some client work come <laughs> up and so uh when duty calls uh you gotta go and so apologies some, to some matt hot client but, work hot client work and so hopefully it's simmered down I'm, I'm hoping me too
1: well we will be right back after this this is deconstructing dallas sean williams ryan Trimble, stay with us
0: Association.org.
1: We are back deconstructing Dallas. Sean Williams, Ryan Trimble. We are very fortunate to have A renaissance man, I think is just kind of an understatement almost, but a really good friend of our our show, a really good friend of both of ours, and another SMU alum. Today we have with us the principal of MLH Enterprises. He is a lecturer in business management at UNT Dallas School of Business. He is also the interim president of the Dallas Black Chamber of Commerce. We have with us today, Mr. Matt Houston. Matt, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for
2: inviting me to Deconstructing Dallas. This is an amazing podcast that you and Ryan have been doing, and, and I'm a listener, and I'm honored to be a part of, of this episode.
1: We appreciate that. And then you have a, a basically a Facebook show yourself where you have an opportunity, you and Harrison Blair, to yep. do some interaction in a very similar way.
2: Definitely. We have uh, a Facebook page called The Porch um, with Harrison Blair and Matt Houston. We film every Tuesday evenings around 9 p.m. on Facebook Live. And we are uh, really just discussing culture. We discuss needs from the African-American male perspective, um, family, um, education. And things that really are relevant to society um, from our lens um, so that we can get the community conversing and, and discussing uh, how we can make things better for our society. Man, I, I went through, you know, a lengthy
1: list of things that you are currently doing, which doesn't really even... The one thing that you sh- you shouldn't say, I don't sleep. So yeah, that's that what I was saying. to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because this is just a small sample of all the things that you do. But I know you're really into entrepreneurship and, mm-hmm. and teaching that trade, you mentor uh, in that area, but can you talk to me about MLH Enterprises, an organization that you founded, yep. and kinda a little bit of, uh, about what what you do with, with your company?
2: Well, I'm a serial entrepreneur from generations of entrepreneurs on my father's side and mother's side. About four generations of people who've started their own businesses from um, the small town of Taylor, Texas, um, with my great-grandfather owning um, the grocery store, um, the pool hall, and my great-grandmother managing um, those facilities and, and sharing my father um, literally sells soda bottles outside of this, the grade school uh, before mm-hmm. um, graduating and attending Prairie View. Um, to my grandfather on my mother's side, owning the, the country store um, in the town of uh, Dope Springs, uh, in Lee County, Texas, near Giddings. Um, I've always had this, this passion for self-ownership, business ownership. And MLH Enterprises um, will start in 2013 so that I can focus on education, leadership, and economic development um, for people of all races, of all cultures, um, to be equipped to better society. And so one of the, the places that you have
1: expanded on that as it re- relates to education and leadership for sure is your work at UNT Dallas. And I know you just became full-time faculty this, this last semester. And so can you talk about how you're able to share this knowledge and
2: experience in your classes? Well, what I want to thank UNT President Bob Mung and Dean of the, B- the School of Business, Karen Shumway, for giving me a chance. Um, Several years ago, I was bugging them, pretty much. Um, President Mung was a new president. I live six minutes away from the institution. And I I sent him an email on his personal email account. He didn't even have a UNT Dallas email address yet. Asking uh, for a meeting so that we could talk how, discuss how the community can be engaged with the university. And we had a discussion I'm at a restaurant in Oak Cliff and he asked me questions on how I can contribute to uh, UNT Dallas, which was shocking to me because mm-hmm. I had my list of 10 things, 10 items to, to demand what UNT should do for mm-hmm. us. Um, but he is such a transformational leader to say, well, how can you be a part of the solution? Um, and he, he introduced me to Dean Shumway, and they afforded me an opportunity to be an adjunct professor to teach entrepreneurship. Um, I've been uh, I've been in the education space in grade school, um, tutoring elementary, middle, and high school students um, through Group Excellence, which is another company that was started um, in two thousand and four by students uh, at SMU, Pony Up, um, but. At MLH Enterprises, I was also creating leadership modules for middle schools and high schools and other professional organizations. And so I was able to take that to higher ed while uh, uh, being an adjunct professor. And I started with teaching one class um, of entrepreneurship. I loved it. Dean Shumway said, well, why don't you teach a second class? Uh, because there's a demand for for people to not only build businesses but focus on social impact, particularly in southern Dallas. And so that was my task, and that's what I aim my curriculum for for the students. It's an undergraduate course, so it's much more broad uh, than a graduate level course, which most College of Businesses or MBA programs uh, really go in depth in entrepreneurial um, ventures and entrepreneurial um, information. I want to create um, the inf- the information to motivate and inspire students to say, mm-hmm. you know what, I can not only uh, build businesses, but I can, I can benefit my family and society as well. So mm-hmm. that evolution the last three or four years have been great, and I appreciate the support of UNT Dallas. I heard
1: you Drop pony up in there. Mm-hmm. You were flowing so good that I didn't say anything about it. But, <laughs> I mean, that's part of with Ryan not being here at this moment. It's right. like that y'all are always present with that pony up stuff.
2: Well, well Ryan Trimble actually, I was a, a significant imprint in my college career because my freshman year, uh, I was t- it was 2002, and, and it was this group of 11 people called the Mustang 11. And they were the spirited group um, that everyone knew on campus. Right, and, Ron, and yeah, Ryan was dribbling. part of that. Of Ryan, course, yeah, Ryan was a course. part of that, and I was that throughout that year. I was an initiate, so I was in the next class of Mustang Eleven. So we uh, we shared a common bond and our spirit and our zeal zeal for for SMU. And that that is
1: our obligated portion of the SMU. <laughs> Conversation, So we can move on from that. We have Matt Houston with us, serial entrepreneur, interim president of the Dallas Black Chamber of Commerce. Before I talk a little bit about that, you know, one thing I always mention to to people, and I've been saying this since I started my blog in 2006 and I continue to say it today, any challenges, even any problems, any opportunities people associate with our city to me is because... At one point, we were the largest city in the world that didn't have a public institution of higher education right. in our city until UNT Dallas became that college, that university for us. And so since you've been out on the campus, what are the opportunities you see? What have you seen as the campus has continued to grow, as President Mong has continued to add to what the university is offering?
2: Well, outside of the obvious um Building buildings and, and and generating opportunities for students to to provide to create services and things of that nature on the campus. There's been an explosion of diversity of students. Um, we have over three thousand students enrolled in, in this institution in various disciplines, and with that comes different passions. And UNT Dallas is very unique in addressing. Something that the community, particularly Oak Cliff or Southern Dallas County, uh, needs. One of them is the food desert mm-hmm. um, um, situation where um, UNT Dallas is partnering with Toyota and um, several other community organizations uh, to provide a mobile um, fresh Market. Dart is also Dart. A, Dart is a also. A mm-hmm. Thank you, Dart, for for donating the uh, the bus, the transportation Absolutely. for that. And so the School of Business. Um, has students who are not only writing a business plan, but also um, are implementing um, these services and partnering with the School of Social Service um, at UNT Dallas to make sure and ensure the neighbors in the neighborhoods um, are going to be serviced holistically. And so those are the type of innovative programs that, that excites me. Oh, and, and as a resident of Dallas.
1: Yeah, and the students, you know, I, you and I both serve on the advisory board for the mobile market, mm-hmm. and the students gave a presentation to the advisory board recently about the marketing, about um, the drop-offs, about the locations, about how the food will be stored. And... That's another thing that in, it inspires me about UNT Dallas is the students. You and see the collaboration also, yeah, right? You see and great leadership, great exactly.
2: collaboration, mm-hmm. and well, that's that's in the fabric of the institution. Um, people don't realize, but UNT when it was still a part of the the program in Denton, um, the first location was on Hampton Road, mm-hmm. um, about. 10 12 years ago and they always focused on experiential learning has mm-hmm. always been a service based component um, to the curriculum and so when the new buildings were were constructed in the late 2000s and then in 2013 2014 where we received our own accreditation we continued that 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 motto and that mission to have experiential learning, to have service-based businesses, service-based uh, service products um, so that we can enhance um, the education levels um, in this portion of Dallas, which, is, which has been grossly underutilized, underdeveloped, um, and ignored um, for decades here in the city. And so once this is addressed, we are raising the tides for all of Dallas. Well,
1: we are going to come back, man. I want to talk a little bit more about the economic development of Dallas Black Chamber of Commerce, but we are going to take a quick break. This is Sean Williams, Deconstructing Dallas. We'll be right back.
2: stroke.
0: 145 over 92 and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90 and I had a stroke.
2: This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhpp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association and the Ad Council.
1: Deconstructing Dallas Sean Williams Ryan Trimble Here with Principal of MLH Enterprises Matt Houston Matt I want to talk A little bit about Your second turn as the interim president of the Dallas Black Chamber of Commerce. And, you know, we had Ken Malcolmson on recently. Great guy. Um, yeah, another SMU guy. Yeah. Uh, Ken Malcolmson on recently. Um, and we we just talked about the different chambers around town, but I wanted to, you know, just get your thoughts and take on the Dallas Black Chamber and for any of our listeners who are not familiar, a little bit about that organization.
2: Thank you. So, uh, first, first I would, I would be remiss if I don't... Uh, Thank um, the Board of Directors at the Black Chamber of Commerce, the oldest black chamber in the country. Uh, we were founded in 1926 um, by a, a man that both of us are familiar with, Mr. Abe O. Smith, right. um, former national president of Alpha Phi Alpha Incorporated. But he was also an entrepreneur um, in, the, in the early 20th century um, out of Texarkana. Texas, um, but went to Dallas, created businesses, and created a political infrastructure not only in Dallas but also in Houston and at the state capitol in Austin to ensure African American businesses um, thrive in Texas. He saw that Texas is focused on business, Mm -hmm. and he wanted to create organizations with that. The Dallas Black Chamber was the first one that he created in partnership with the clergy um, in Dallas to provide uh, a leadership pipeline for people who are not necessarily in the religious space but want to to discuss things in the marketplace here in the city. And so the Dallas Negro Chamber of Commerce, now the Dallas Black Chamber of Commerce, serves that purpose as an advocate for small businesses that support the African-American community. You do not have to be black to be a member or an advocate of the Dallas Black Chamber. But we want to ensure not only our individual members, but our partners and our, and our corporate um, partners as well have some sort of stake um, in the positive growth of the African-American economic ecosystem.
1: And what are some of the items right now that the Black Chamber is focused on? Where are you guys looking to go?
2: So there are two things, two main things is one development of our business members and two investing in our future. Um, One in our business development department or committee, um, we provide events, um, the Black Executive the Executive Business Summit, which is held in August of each year, um, to where we have uh, thought leaders of economics across the country um, come and have a day long um, workshop style. For our members here in Dallas, we also have the state of black business in Dallas, state of business in Dallas County, Um, but we also team up with our state organization, TAC, which is the Mm -hmm. Texas Association of African American Chambers of Commerce. Charles Charles O'Neill, former Former president president. of the Dallas Black Chamber, Um, and and a strong advocate for for black business growth um, across the country. He's also chair of the U.S. Black Chambers, Inc., um, which is our national advocacy organization. And so we provide programs through tech as well as our um our local programs here in Dallas. We're actually creating a power breakfast every third Tuesday morning it's coming up soon. You'll see you'll see it on our website very soon. I like breakfast. Breakfast so is get, good. Seven thirty to nine a.m. Turkey
1: sausage, could I make a request?
2: Yes, because I don't I don't swine is not a friend yeah, of mine. So yeah. I don't dine
1: on the swine. Okay, so, there you go. Yeah, you if we go. could just maybe put some turkey sauce in a rotation. Uh, understandable. Which is always a big play at our breakfast, right? <laughs> it is, have it the is. turkey sausage every
2: time we get together <laughs> for breakfast. kindred So, it's, cool. it's a experience. so the, the Black Chamber is just an amazing organization that I actually grew up in. My mm-hmm. father was executive director. Um, I was literally born into the chamber. Um, there was actually a board meeting. When um, my, my father, on my father's birthday, February second, um, my mom was going into labor with me at 7:30 p.m., um, and my dad left the chamber. Um, and I went to the hospital and I was born, um, on the same day as his, as, uh, as not only his board meeting, but also his birthday. I think that's a long history. That's a long that's history the from diapers. So it's yeah, from the uh, jump. I, I am aligned and, and, uh, with the mission and I love to exert energy, um, and passion for this organization.
1: We've got Matt Houston who, um. If you heard us on the first segment with Matt, is also a lecturer of business management at the UNT School of Business. But I want to talk about economic development, yes, which there is definitely a discussion that you can have around that, with specifically re- related to UNT Dallas. But you did mention, and this is no secret, um, and having been part of Mayor Rollins' Grow South project, there is no shortage on energy and discussion and thoughts around economic development in Southern Dallas. But as far as us really moving the needle, we're still trying to get there, Matt. So can you talk a little bit about what you see specifically related to Southern Dallas economic development and also even talk about some of the efforts
2: uh, that you're part of to try to help do something about it? Well, in the last 10 years, I have seen progress in terms of awareness, in terms of communication, and as we're uh, in collaboration, right? I still think we're far off um, because this is a deep institutional issue um, that was created a century ago, uh, maybe a little bit longer. Um, in terms of our policies, um, based on the culture, to be to be frank with you, the culture uh, of Dallas, culture of the America at that time, um, racially, gender, um, and just emphasizing on a certain demographic. And having uh, consequences in in subsequent um, cultures that we're trying to create, trying to correct in 2019 and beyond. And so, outside of just collaborating, outside of just communicating, we actually have to um, exert energy and effort to try to change policies, to change mindsets um, of 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 the definition of economic development. Um, Some people um, are. Or can easily ignore um, the fact that other communities suffer from decisions that are made um, by uh, historically dominant organizations and dominant and dominant companies, and so by us kind of slowing down a bit. Trying to build relationships with specifically African American business owners, um, with um, main corporate players, um, as well as partnering with non African American business owners so that we can provide infrastructure, provide businesses, um, and quite honestly, provide a depth um, of capacity for businesses so that they can hire their family members, they can create jobs um, for people in the community um, so that. Each each one of us can can reinvest and have a stake in, in the development of Dallas um, that's still needed and and I'm hopeful uh, cautiously um, because it's really easy for us to, to get sucked into this gravitational pool of of comfortability that Dallas uh, historically has created. And you
1: have you know you talked about institutionalism mm-hmm. and the institutional nature of the problems we have you know. There's so many ways that that has manifested. I think even how the city was knitted together when you have our southern areas who are... Independent cities, like, right. like Pleasant Grove, right. Piedmont. Even Oak Cliff. Or- Oak Cliff, which mm-hmm. were totally separate cities that have had to then integrate into the city. We have the division of the river that also is not good. But then you also sat on the city plan commission yes. where you can also see, you know, policies and activity um, that also does not help this problem. Right.
2: And as <laughs> you were about to, uh, um, I was about to say something, but I'm glad you. You started. The solution. I'm gonna start with the solution, and I'll go backwards. Mm-hmm. The solution is be engaged. Right. Um, I was uh, a proud member of the city planning commission for two and a half, three years, serving as vice, vice chair, chair for two making years. Sure you gave yourself yeah. <laughs> Well, mm-hmm. I mean, it was, and and definitely it was uh, it was an eye opening experience. Um, it, I learned several things. One that we do have different backgrounds and. Two, all of our perspectives are impassioned and are valid, but three, even though we may not agree we still work together for the betterment of the city and Mm so um, it's really important for historically disenfranchised I'm going to talk specifically to African Americans I'm in Dallas um, who have had policies written against us and our economic future um, in the past to acknowledge know the past have a plan to make your community great, but also be in positions where you can collaborate, learn from their perspectives, and be able to meld ideas so that it can be mutually beneficial for the city. And I think that's important um, for us to, 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 to do because my experiences on the commission showed me that I don't have the answers to everything, that my perspective could be tweaked if I can um, learn from the other side why someone thought that, and then impart my, my perspective so that we can have a better solution. Well, Matt, you know, we appreciate you for
1: taking a little time out of your busy, busy schedule. You know, I try to keep up with you, but it's hard. You know, we're Fitbit friends, and I can never catch up with you on steps because you're so busy.
2: And I promise from, from you, spot spot. I, don't, I don't put my, my Fitbit on a dog and just run around. I don't like know. So. I mean,
1: you stay at least 15,000 steps ahead of me, <laughs> So, but I'm, I'm planning to come for you with this weather getting good, but no, we, we appreciate you for taking some time out, uh, and, and all the work that you do, we only scratch the surface of right. a lot of the things that you do. That makes you have to. to so invite me again. We so. will we would, we would get you. I'll take that under advisement with okay. my co host. You know, understandable. When the production begins. There is a process. And I know you have such a long list. Yeah, we, we got a list. Everyone wants list. to deconstruct Dallas with you all. And well, we love it. And we love it. We got more. Hey, you know, let us know. Send us a tweet if you want to be on Deconstructing Dallas. But if people want to find you speaking with you, if people want to find you uh, on social media or anything like that, what's the best way? All of my handles, IG, I like to say IG because my students taught me
2: it's not Instagram, Professor Matt. It's IG, okay?
1: Yeah, you're not old enough to be sounding like old people. <laughs> Start using the right words.
2: IG, Twitter. Um, my handle is at Mr. Matt Houston at Mr. Matt Houston. You can also find me on Facebook um, on my page. I have a public figures page as well as the Porch with Harrison Blair and Matt Houston. Or you can email me at any time at. M-A-T-T dot Houston, H-O-U-S-T-O-N, at M-L-H Enterprises Appreciate
1: you, man. Um, frat brother, friend, Matt Houston, and uh, we will do this again. Appreciate you. All right. This is Deconstructing Dallas. We will be right back after this.
0: Constructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. Sean, always good to hear the great Matt Houston and uh, hear what that guy's up to. He's a he's a good dude and really appreciate him taking some time.
1: Yeah, it's good to hear him talk about, you know, his family and what his family's done as it relates to entrepreneurship, as it relates to being a part of Dallas. And I can definitely say he is continuing the legacy. He's doing great things in our city. When they're important, things going on and, and when there are opportunities to serve he answers the call so it's, it's it's great having him on our show and even better being a friend.
0: Well Sean we teased this in the opener but you sir got to spend the evening last night taking in Hamilton.
1: Yeah we are season subscribers um, this season and last and a big part of why we even subscribed was to have the opportunity to see Hamilton. I didn't think that we would have an. I didn't think that we would see it before this year. But Malia and I, my daughter, went to Chicago to see Hamilton last year, but uh, we were just excited to as excited to go last night. They suggested that you arrive an hour and a half early, which we did, and I'm glad we did. It was packed. It took like 15 minutes to go through the. A souvenir line beforehand they had documents there uh, historical documents from Alexander Hamilton and from the period um, and you know there are people who love the show obviously but to see the show even if you know the songs like we do, I am blown away by the costume design of the show. I am blown away by the production and the sets in the show. It's like whatever. I have never talked to anyone who went in and was who saw it for the first time in the show and was like, "Yeah, man, eh, that's pretty good." <laughs> I mean, everybody has a huge reaction. It's a great story that was really put together uh, well by Lynn Manuel Miranda, uh, Miranda. And I saw the sh- the book. I read the book. I believe it's Ron Chernow the author of the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really thick book, but it 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 gives even more background on the life of Alexander Hamilton and what the period was like, you know, when the country started. So um, anybody who has a chance, you know, my mom made a last second impulse buy and, and got a seat and went with us last night and was really excited. I would suggest uh, you get a chance to, to go see it because it'll be here till the end, to the beginning of the first week of May, I think. It'll be in Austin soon. I think next year it comes back to Fort Worth, which i probably go see it again.
0: Yeah, well, let, count me in, and if you're going to buy tickets, let me know. I remember two seasons ago when you were like, yeah, I'm buying tickets for this.
1: And I was like, man, that seems so far away, and here we are, Sean. So Yeah, time flies. Great but, foresight. But the the other thing is we've seen a lot of other great shows, so shout-out to Dallas Summer Musicals um, because we've seen a lot of great shows this, this season. I think we mentioned already we saw Anastasia. uh and then Aladdin will be here this summer, which we're also look, looking forward to. So definitely anyone who's interested, getting a little culture in your life, supporting the arts here in Dallas, which could always um, use more support, Yeah, become a part of the Dallas Summer Musicals. That's all I'm saying. Well, speaking of
0: great shows, uh Thank you all for listening to our little show here. And we've got
1: some great shows coming up. I know we're still chasing down Kate Weiser. Yeah, we Kate Weiser. we got Jennifer Starback Gates that we're planning to speak with in the very near future. We've got former Dallas Cowboy Timmy Newsome uh, coming on with us very soon. And then we are going to re-record the lost episode with B'nai Hammond from Mayor Mike Rollins' office. Well, it's exciting stuff, Sean, so I'm really looking forward to it. Well, we want to thank everybody for checking in with us. Um, we've we've had some really great shows, but even besides the fact that we've had great guests, we've had a lot of great feedback on social media, so always remember you can tweet Ryan at rtrimble15, or you can treat, tweet me at Sean P. Williams, S-H-A-W-N P. Williams. We love getting your feedback, love getting your ideas. This is an Allen Media production. We want to thank Mary Woodley. We want to thank Jennifer Paschal. We thank Matt Houston for coming on with us today and chatting about all the great work he's doing. Please Please go and give us a review, a five-star review, Uh, like our podcast on whatever podcast platform you're listening to, but especially for those Apple podcast users, especially for those iPhone users, we would love to get a five-star review from you and you can leave a review also. So for Ryan Trimble, this is Sean Williams for Deconstructing Dallas. Adios.